Hi, and welcome to First Bite, a nation's restaurant news podcast. I'm your host, Holly Petrie. Today is Wednesday, January 10th, and here are your top stories. First, expect restaurant customers to get much more value conscious in 2024. Fitch ratings directors predict flattish growth in the restaurant space, while bigger brands are expected to gain market share. Second, Domino's will eventually expand to all third-party delivery platforms. Domino's CEO Russell Wiener and CFO Sandeep Reddy discussed the impact of the new loyalty program and Uber partnership on brand traffic at the ICR conference. Third, Dutch Bros adds Joshua Gunzer, Sumtiro Ghosh, and Jess Elmquist to its C-suite. These announcements come on the heels of Christine Barone taking over the CEO role on January 1st. Fourth, El Pollo Loco executives talk labor efficiencies in the face of rising California minimum wage. Kiosks, TikTok, and refranchising are all critical to the restaurant company's growth. And finally, Fatbrand's focus is on co-branding, conversion, and cross-utilization for 2024. Fatbrand's chairman Andy Wiederhorn talked at the ICR conference about converting Smoky Bones restaurants to Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks IPO, and more. Now let's jump into a trending story from our website. Desserts can be a tricky sell. Guests love them and they're highly profitable, but it's not always easy to convince customers to invest in the extra time, money, or calories. One option is to make them drinkable. Beverage consumption in general is surging as customers turn to menu items that are fast, portable, customizable, and satisfying, especially in the growing afternoon day part. Restaurant companies large and small have noticed and are responding with an array of drinkable desserts. Whether they're milkshakes, dessert cocktails, coffee slushes, or other options, these sweet, fun, and often textured drinks are striking a chord with guests. For more on this story, let's turn to Brett Thorne. So Brett, Uh, We have a new trend in desserts and drinks that are kind of a combined thing. Can you tell me about what this trend is? Yeah, these are drinkable desserts, which, I mean, a lot of them have been around forever, like milkshakes. But uh, also in in the world of cocktails, there have always been a lot of sweet drinks, although the most popular one for the past few years, I would say, has been the espresso martini, which is... I mean, it's sort of like an adult version of a Red Bull and vodka. Same idea of combining uh, caffeine and other energy-boosting stuff with alcohol for a buzz that I don't really need. But, you know, a lot of people like that sort of thing. Um, I had my first espresso martini while researching this story. And uh, it's like a Black Russian, basically. So I, which I first drank when I was probably 15 years old, illegally. So, but now these uh, drinkable desserts uh, have more of a focus on visual appeal because drinks tend to do really well on social media, especially if there's some sparkle to them or or some dramatic effect. So, for example, it. At Garden Grace, they do a boozy affogato, and affogato is is espresso with a scoop of gelato in it. But in this case, instead of the espresso, they they pour a whole involved cocktail around it, and so then people take a video of it and they post it on social media and they tag Garden Grace, and customers go to the restaurant. And this is uh, an increasing part uh, of any drink promotion is making sure they look good. Uh, It helps also if they're customizable because people develop uh, sort of an identity around the drinks that they're posting about on social media. And so more and more of these drinks are 
gorgeous as well as sweet and tasty. And uh, that's really the, the biggest part of this trend. Although there's also the convenience of drinking your dessert rather than eating it. It implies sort of less commitment, which means, you know, you've had your meal, you're full, you don't necessarily want to continue eating things, but you might want to stay in the restaurant. How about an after-dinner drink? How about a dessert-oriented after-dinner drink? And uh, a lot of guests respond to this and uh, are willing to spend sometimes more than they would on a dessert. I mean, a dessert cocktail can be upwards of 16 bucks. And uh, that's uh, a potential for a really nice upsell for restaurants or to get their guests to stay around longer and keep spending their money. Now, we saw a trend of these Instagrammable cocktails, we'll call them, um, mm -hmm. for like the past few years with I'm thinking of ones that have like bubbles on top that you pop and smoke comes out or something like that. What makes this trend different from that? Because these are also highly photographable. Yes, yeah, they're, um, I mean, it's a continuation of this trend, but the, the, this time uh, they're more dessert oriented, more of an indulgence uh, and a, a sweet, uh, but, but yeah, visually appealing shakes. I mean, Black Tap wins the uh, award for their most social media friendly shakes. They're, I mean, it, it's not really what's in them, it's what's on them. And they stack different, different uh, garnishes on them. And of course, in the non-sweet realm, we've seen that with Bloody Marys for a long time, where they might come with a grilled cheese sandwich and fried jalapenos and whatever else is on top of them. Uh, so this is part of that, but it's uh, tied into uh, both desserts and to the uh, afternoon day part that uh, a lot of operators are trying to capitalize on more that time between lunch and dinner uh, when they still have the four walls, come on in, have something special, treat yourself. And these sorts of uh, drinkable desserts are part of that. And And I think that's why Taco Bell started a little tiny test of uh, uh, both a, a shake, a, a churro themed shake and a frozen coffee. They are only testing each one at one location in Southern California, but of course all, all tests have to start somewhere. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw these uh, being rolled out by Taco Bell uh, going forward and where Taco Bell starts, many other restaurants often follow because they do cool forward-looking trends. And since they're part of Yum! Brands, they have the money to do the research into what consumers are going to respond to. And I would recommend that smaller chains, you know, make use of that research and also make drinks that reflect their own personality. Because you don't want to reflect Taco Bell's personality unless you're Taco Bell. That's, that's not cool. So, you know, you talked about this, the snack day part, the late afternoon is really becoming the time to meet. We have Cosmics, McDonald's, Dutch Bros, like all of these places, Taco Bell are looking for that day part. But we've also seen a rise in treats. Look at Crumble Cookies success. Um, so do you think that this trend is sort of a mashup of the two big guys that are coming up in terms of trending in restaurants? I think that's definitely part of it. 
And, and one reason that that time period, well, there are multiple reasons why that time period is becoming more popular. One is restaurants are trying to squeeze every bit of money out of their spaces as they can. And so if no one's coming in between lunch and dinner, you might as well uh, give them a reason to. And also people are less committed to uh, the, the whole idea of three meals a day or sticking to, you know, a specific schedule of when they eat. They eat whenever they want to eat. And often uh, younger consumers are given credit for this, for their, their meal time flexibility. But everyone's doing it now. I mean, we a lot of us realized uh, during lockdown that we didn't have to eat at any specific time. And so we're able to uh, be more flexible in when we're eating and when we're spending money. And I, I think most people want to take a break uh, between lunch and dinner. I certainly do. That's my low energy time. And I think a lot of people at three o'clock are like, what? Why am I even sitting here at this desk? So that's a good time for them to get out and spend $8 at a uh, restaurant. I made up that $8. You can get them for 3 or $4, depending on where you're going. But since I live in New York City, $8. 7 for an es- a fancy espresso drink. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of First Bite. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new one. Until then, stay up to date with all your news on NRN.com.